Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Neil Haley Show, and it's the ProVisions Brokerage Celebrity Segment. I'm excited to welcome the program, Eric Couch. Eric, how are you? And you Great. had Facebook booming today, right? Oh, man, it's been going take crazy. crazy about our guest, for sure. Yes. So today, we're talking with James Murray, a.k.a. Murr, from... Uh, <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. from Impractical Jokers. And uh, I, I'm thinking just some of the episodes we've seen and that have come up on Facebook. And uh, it's going to be a lively conversation. I've been looking forward to this one for a while. So, uh, Murr, man, welcome to the show. We're excited to talk. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's so interesting getting a look into your homes and seeing what the backgrounds are. Yeah, this is not my home. This is my no. virtual studio. That's your virtual studio, but it, behind uh, this is my home. Eric, I see. Is that uh, Groot from uh, what's his, yes. his name? It's it's Groot, Groot the Bobblehead, uh, and then we've got uh, we've got Yoda back here. Yoda is that BB-8 too? Um, no, this is actually an old school camera uh, that my my wife's. Family oh, used to have a, and there's a here's another one right here, a Polaroid. Yeah, they oh had, wow. They had, a, they had a store in West Texas that, uh, like 30 years after it closed, it still had everything there. It's kind of like a ghost town. Yeah. Uh, so we were walking through a couple years ago, and her aunt has this. I mean, just like rooms and rooms and rooms of of stuff that she's collected over the years, and some some pretty cool stuff. So I had. Uh, I had asked if I could have some of the cameras that, that still had, you know, the original box and it had, you know, uh, the stuff to take the photos with and uh, original flash bulbs and it, it's pretty cool. fun stuff. So very cool behind, behind the camera. I'll, I'll get it one second. You have a Yoda right literally in room. I happen to have, you know, just two lightsabers. In, in I the love it. Just, Crazy you know, coincidence. Just so you know, this is, this is way I'm rocking. You know, this is you. So you're right. a Star right. Wars nerd? You know, you got to be ready. We no, have are you a Star Wars nerd? I, I think the key word being nerd. I'm just a nerd in general. <laughs> I'm a Star Wars. I, I love sci-fi, but then Star Wars is just, I mean, anytime Star Wars talk about Star Wars, I'm also a Heroes fan back in the day. Just, I, like, I like different types of sci-fi, but it all depends. So, Are you talking about the TV show Heroes? Yeah. yeah. Would you like that show? I... I, I mostly loved it and we're dear friends with greg grunberg from the show i love who's been, greg who's been in star wars and he yeah. unfortunately died in less movie yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i remember that i was like greg come on i've interviewed him a couple times yeah. Murr, and i'm like come on no don't kill him and i just had the uh the solo from the solo movie on promoting a show for NBC, and he's a great guy too. I, I, I hate names. I'll just call him Han. Right? We had Han, the real, the new, the the baby Han, not yeah. before the other one. But it was interesting hearing him and said, "Are we gonna have Solo too? Because it's amazing yeah. what Star Wars has done, Mer. Right? With the new, with Disney now, with Disney's chan with the channel, how they're really going to be able to repurpose the content and utilize right. a lot of the characters for us nerds that will watch all day long i'll tell you what when are we getting a so uh, a standalone darth vader movie that's what i uh, called vader when is that happening that's coming up with anakin the story did you see that that's no. already coming out a standalone yeah. darth vader movie no it's not standalone it's going to be the series of anakin series I want a standalone Darth Vader movie yeah. to see him being a badass. That's what I want. Okay. Yeah. Well, you, just destroying everything. You you go ahead and create it, okay? 
I don't have the rights. I can't. Oh, you can just, just call Disney today, right? Pick up the phone and call them. Say I have the. They best have a couple list. attorneys. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so Eric, first now question there could be her. there could be an impractical jokers episode of just, um, you know, Vader things where you're you know getting choked out or something like that, but <laughs> you know they're standing across the room from you. A very special getting choked out episode of impractical jokers. <laughs> No, and you can kind of mix that with Star Wars and then Spaceballs. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Movies, there you go. <laughs> no, and uh, I did, I played Darth Vader in an ice bucket challenge for the TV station. So that's up on YouTube at one point where I was Darth Vader and had to soak, douse people with my, my skills. And I'm a legitimate 6'10", so I filled into the Darth Vader suit really well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're 6'10", for real? Yeah, former professional wrestler. My wow, that's wild. Yeah. It's interesting to know because your head is a little bit low in the frame of your camera. Yeah. So it makes you look a little bit shorter than 6'10". No, that's yeah. right. If I would go up like this, no, see, I'm trying to fit. Camera. If I block, yeah. I don't want to block my uh, my branding. No. So I try to fit myself exactly yeah. where it needs to be. And the chair I'm in, uh, no. you know, that's always what's fun about Zooms. I'm a radio guy, Murr. I just started to try to do the whole TV thing. I used to do the TV thing where I'd still have the TV show, but just radio interviews with celebrities. I said, well, yeah. because of the pandemic, I said, no, we're getting them on camera now. And you that's the best thing. Now you're, getting, now you're getting us in our pajamas, like at home. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Get to see all the cool homes and different things. Business right, on top and party on bottom. Yeah. yeah. Murr's so. controlling this interview. So go ahead for the first question, Eric. Okay. Okay. So I've got a whole slew of questions, but, but first let's go back. So, so you've, you've written some sci-fi stuff. Um, you're, you're a comedian and then you also work with some of your grade school best friends of doing the crap that us guys do, except you actually make a living. All the stuff that your mom was like, you could never make a living doing that. Like that's what you do and make a living. So kind of fill us in on some backstory. Yeah. I can't believe I get to do what I do for a living. I, I, I can't believe <laughs> If you look at it, I can't believe that, you know, I was uh, a valedictorian in grade school, salutatorian in high school. Yeah. I had a four zero average at Georgetown when I went. Oh, wow. And, and, and then Q dropped out of college, worked as a toll booth collector and an ice cream truck driver. And him and I make the exact same amount of money. <laughs> toll booth, really? So it yeah. just shows you, man, that's what happens. Uh, and I, I wouldn't have it any other way. It's amazing that what, what I get to do with my best friends. Uh, the story is the guys and I've been friends for 30 years. We went to high school together. We met first day of high school and we formed jokers. Uh, it took us like 11 years to get on TV Formed jokers. And now we've been doing that for 10 years straight now. And it's led to all sorts of cool things like the movie that came out this year, right, right before the world shut down. Uh, we had two weeks in the theaters. I'll take it, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somebody told me recently, and this is going to drive, this is going to be crazy, but you know, we were, I think, the last movie to come out in theaters before they shut down, right? That being said, the Academy Awards are going to happen no matter what. So we have a decent chance because by forfeit of winning an Academy Award. Like, we might become the highest grossing comedy of 2020 by default. You know oh, my mean? gosh. You know, hey, man, you take what you can win get. Every Academy, we're going to win, like, Best Animated Feature, Best Farm Film, Best Supporting Actors. We're going to win everything because there's no competition. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah, so it led to cool things. And it led to cool things like the TV show and our fan base being as amazing as they are. 
led to another passion of mine, which is writing. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I wrote my first book long before Jokers. I spent a year writing it in 2004. And uh, it's like a thriller. It was the first book of the series called Awakened. And I sent it out after a year of working. I sent it out to every publisher being nobody uh, and not having the agents or anything like that. And every publisher returned it to me unopened. I couldn't get a single person to believe it, right? Wow. Fast forward a decade later, I'm on TV, our fan base. I sent the same book, not a single word changed into HarperCollins. They bought the trilogy. Uh, the first book hit number one on the international bestseller list. Wow. Uh, number two hit number four on the bestseller list. Uh, book three just came out a few weeks ago of alliteration. And then I have five more books coming out. I have Don't Move comes out in October. Uh, that's a thriller that takes place in the woods of West Virginia. Then I have um, uh, the bottom drawer here, which I'll get. I have The Stowaway comes out next April. That is a thriller on a cruise ship. And then starting next summer, I have three children's middle grade books coming out uh, called Interns of Area 51. So, oh my gosh. Like all the TV show and our fans made all this kind of stuff possible. It's kind of like a dream come true. So when do you find the time? Well, I have a lot of time right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's like, a lot of books. I haven't yeah, been nearly you know, as productive. We have nothing but time at the moment. So yeah. I've been writing a lot uh, uh, while home and doing a lot of uh, writing, writing books uh, with my co-writers, uh, uh, Darren and on the other books, my co-writer Carson. We've been writing books over Zoom, basically. And that whole process, now you're taking everything that you went to school, your intelligence, and now after getting paid for Impractical Jokers, you pretty much can do what you love on the side of things Mm -hmm. that maybe you would never if you had a day job. Uh, Yeah, it all is made possible through Jokers, of course, right? It's all possible because of our fan base and the show still, I think, being funny and, uh, and still being on the air. And, you know... Uh, it makes all these kind of other creative outlets possible for us, which is great. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, one of one of the questions that I thought was great that came up was, you know, which which skit, and and we've we've had some votes on what the people think, uh, but what skit made you the most nervous? Um, uh, I'm interested to see what people think. There's one that sticks with me to this day. I, I uh, <laughs> there was an episode. This didn't make me nervous. It made me nervous for three months afterward. But there was an episode where they shaved off my eyebrows. Yeah. And I had to get a new driver's license photo with no eyebrows. <laughs> it's my. It's still. I, I just had it out. I was showing a fan a little while ago. Wow. So it's my desk, coincidentally, this is still my license to this day. Is for a ten-year punishment. That's still. <laughs> oh my gosh! If this happened to me in pro wrestling. The headbangers from the WWE, the, the tag team champions of the WWF back in the day. We were down south. They were the Spiders. The first time I came in, green as grass, they told me, hey, let's go ahead and do this. We're going to shave your – and they shaved my eyebrows. And they just said it was we're doing something else and didn't know what the heck they were doing. They, they were the biggest jokers in the world. Yep. Uh, Glenn and Chaz. Uh, and uh, shout out to those guys. But they – they should have been – you need to pull a joke on them at one point in time on an independent uh, wrestling show, the Headbangers, because they deserve it. They yeah, deserve it big time. When we pull the joke on them, I'll say, Neil sent us. Yes. Right. Remember it's everything. probably wise. Yeah. Yes, because, uh, I mean, no, they're pretty big guys. But, yeah, Glenn and Chaz will pull all the jokes in WWE all the time. Yeah. Every 
maybe that's one of the reasons one of them I think got let go who knows for what reasons with maybe doing it to the wrong person in the office but wrestlers do this a lot Mer. I don't know if you heard about that that they do a lot the old school wrestlers the yeah school, I wouldn't say but the 90s attitude wrestlers were big impractical jokers did you ever know that did you did they ever tell you that we have a lot of professional wrestler fans and we've done we've done uh bits with um professional wrestlers before on the show too you know huh. and i think I, I, and we made q for one punishment get into a ring at a match and he got thrown around you know by tommy, <laughs> by tommy dreamer and uh we've we've worked with them a lot i i think it's i really do think it's only a matter of time before we do some kind of crossover between jokers and wwe uh because we've been talking with them about it for a while we were supposed to do a season finale uh at the wwe um what is their their facility down in florida yeah oh uh, the um I, I the performance center performance center right we were supposed to do a season finale there i think last season and the dates didn't work out for one reason or other but i think it's only a matter of time before you see some kind of storyline crossover between jokers and wrestling yeah that'll yeah. definitely happen I, my house I, I don't they're, they're, uh, they might be no they're not in this drawer in my house probably in the other room I have all my wrestling figures I'm an 80s wrestling figure uh, wrestling guy okay know? let's see who I wrestled at your 80s figures because I've wrestled some of them dude nice. I, they're all downstairs I'll go get the whole box if you want it's, <laughs> if you have Hacksaw Jim Dugan if you have I have Hacksaw Jim Dugan Junkyard Dog I have him right downstairs Oh, right. Yeah, and JYD. I'll go run and get the box. It's gonna blow you okay. away. Okay, <laughs> you don't have to run and get the box, but that's something for another ep- another interview. Mer, yeah. we're gonna have to make it happen. And I might have an opportunity. It's very interesting. I had a conversation with a star from uh, another show, and it'll come to me in a second. But they're involved in a company called Celebrity Slots, and they talked about specifically he should be great in wrestling as well. The one of the creators. My brain and who I've interviewed all the time. I just. It'll come to me later in the conversation because I'm thinking about you. But go ahead, Eric, for your next question. <laughs> okay, so so regarding like some of the the stuff, you know, we talked about like what made you most you know uncomfortable. What was punishment? You know, we had some of the things that, we, <laughs> of course, my favorite is is when you were when you were in the art studio and you're having to pose, and then you and they're like do the do the Miyagi kick <laughs> when you finally just were like. I was crying. Like, by the way, it's, it's my son's favorite show. Un- unfortunately, he's working right now because I, I tried to have him join us because I think he's seen every single episode. Wow. Did you ever, see, we, uh, you ever see the episode where they made me pull cigarettes out of people's mouths? That, yeah. So, that, I think, to this day, is the most scared I've ever been. We hired double the security that day because I, I was like, someone's going to knock me on my ass. Sure than shit, right? Like, it, someone's going to pop because you can't push people that way you know right explain yourself you know and uh thank god i didn't get i didn't get punched but well you know brian who asked that specific question of what made you most nervous yeah uh as far as human interaction he's like getting punched he's like my guess is the cigarette skit yep so so there you go now now my buddy warren was like you know what was the worst punishment skydiving or prostate exam (laughs) you know it's funny uh literally you know what they don't tell you on TV is that Dr. Frank, the guy that gave me two prostate exams on live TV. <laughs> yes, he's a doctor. True. But he's my friend, Frank, who yeah. happens to be a doctor. That right. they so it's, they don't tell you that in the punishment. So it's doubly embarrassing for me because it's not just a random doctor. That's yeah. my friend. Who is 
been friends with him long before Jokers. He was just, I was just at him in his wife's house on Saturday, and we were laughing about him again. I was like, it's weird to be at your friend's house knowing that his fingers have been in your butt, you know? So did you guys always play jokes all the time? Or yeah, we, we, we went to an all-boys Catholic high school in Staten Island. You know, there was literally yeah. nothing other than to do than just prank your friends, you know? We yeah. went to school work, that's for sure. So, so it was just like ingrained in our DNA from when we were in our formative years, you know? Yeah, so that was kind of the assumption is, is like it's just got to have gone back. I remember, uh, I remember in college we had, we were in this little East Texas college and we lived in a dorm and there was like everybody and then the baseball team, which was one of the highest ranked in the nation for this little bitty college. And some got started and, you know, some of us had had some evil summer jobs of working with camps and stuff. And I remember before it was over, we were putting like dead fish in their, in their trucks, like hiding it under the engine or in the back seat. We would we would penny lock them in their rooms and and you know tie their doors together so they couldn't open them and yeah. get the bag with uh with uh either catfish Charlie but then also some you know baby powder and put it under the door and hit it and just crop dust them and yeah. you know everything you could possibly do they got their air conditions on the outside of the building so we'd put like catfish Charlie and sodium in the AC so it just oh, stink them out and they couldn't be in there but then they're locked in the room so they can't get it was. It was wildly fun and entertaining. I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the big one we used to do in school, too, you, I mean, the very classic, simple one, you take an egg, you lift the toilet cover, put the egg in, close the toilet seat, uh, the toilet, uh, you know, the actual ceramic, and just yeah. wait. <laughs> and just wait a week and see what happens. And they can, <laughs> they're searching. Well, what the, what, where the hell is the smell coming from? You can't stop it. And you don't need to lift the damn ceramic. <laughs> toilet it's the egg cover. part. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know every and and i'm sure it's more than just guys right I, I don't know but every guy can relate and just enjoys watching the show and laughs because it reminds us of 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 the time or those times where we just cut loose and were guys and had a blast and didn't care about the rest of the world and just had fun right that's yeah. the connection I, I think the I think the, what makes the show work honestly is is it, we don't consider it a prank show at all or anything like that. We consider it a buddy comedy, honestly. Right. It, it's uh, I think it's the biggest compliment we, we get is that we remind people of the friends they grew up with. I think that's a oh, yeah. huge compliment um, because we we and the other thing I, I I think the show does is I think it's like an island of positivity in a really negative world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and the show remains this kind of like sweet spot of positivity. And uh, I think it's the kind of show you come home after working all day or having a, a hell of a day and you turn the TV on and you just laugh for a half hour straight. You know, you yeah. forget about all the bullshit and just laugh. So. Did you ever, did you ever think the show would be this such a success? I, I, I tell you, I didn't, I didn't know it would. I thought when we created the show, it was going to be guys our age watching the show and that's it. You know, you have guys in their forties, whatever, that are just think it's you work all kinds of things. <laughs> and I don't know how old you guys are, but uh, and and it wasn't, and that surprised us. So like early on, when we um, we started doing the show, we started touring, and you know we tour a lot now. And um, and our at our live shows, we'd look out and we'd see as many, if not more, women in the audience than men. And the the live shows that we do on tour, like. 60, 70% female. The crew, the Joker's cruise we do every year is like 70% female. We never, and then tons of families come in. 
and multi-generation, you have the, the grandparents, the parents, and the kids, because it was like the one show they all agree on. It's kind of like yeah. their, their dinner show they put on in the background. We never saw that coming, you know? I thought it was just gonna be guys our age that are kind of laughing at dumb shit. And it, yeah. it wasn't, it became like a family show, which surprised us. And that's why we, <laughs> that's why we kind of changed the tone of the show as we went on. And I think the show's gotten better as a result. Yeah, I think it has too. So, so you mentioned, you know, I don't want to come back to some of these other comical things, but, but you mentioned family. So, uh, you know, one of my, my buddies, Mitch had asked, you know, describe, describe the, <laughs> describe the conversation when you first mentioned to your family, right? Mom, dad, siblings, Hey, I want to, I want to be an entrepreneur and start a business with my, with my best friends, yeah. but then also, you know, the comedy, but then kind of what was your mindset in starting this? You know, our families were really supportive for a long time when we failed. You know, they, 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 they were, <laughs> you know, we, we failed for 11 years and they still came to every live show we did in New York City, uh, even though they sucked. You know, we, <laughs> we did one show, it was like, like a year or two before Jokers. We did one live show in Manhattan uh, at a 40 person theater we rented. Two people bought tickets to see us perform. They spent five bucks each. The theater cost us $65 to rent. So we lost yeah. $5. We split it four ways and lost, you know? And, yeah. uh, but our families were always there, like still supporting us, come to the shows. Uh, and even though it took so long to succeed. And uh, it, it was especially that I have a distinct memory of like the, the premiere episode of Jokers in 2011. Um, I remember that night distinctly because all of our families were there. And uh, we didn't know if the show would last more than one day. We knew the pilot was airing that night and we right. were watching it live with our closest friends and family. And we were like, we may get canceled tomorrow. The ratings may suck, but tonight we made it. You know what I mean? Like no yeah. one gave away that we made it on t television. It's happening. It exists, you know? And it was just so, it was so gratifying, honestly, after 11 years of failure to create something that no matter what existed. You know, yeah. can't take it away. It aired. It was on television, even if only for one night. And it's, that was 10 years ago. So we're very blessed. Well, and you so, were persistent, right? You stuck with it. You didn't give up. Um, and that's, you know, that's the, the biggest issue for, for most entrepreneurs is, you know, can you survive long enough to succeed? Exactly. Um, I, I think that's a big part of it is outlasting your competition. And, yeah. uh, and I think also uh, when you fail a lot, I mean, a lot, spectacularly. I think you develop kind of an edge to what are, and a, a, an outlook to what you're doing. And you kind of reach a point in your career where you're like, huh? Can I curse or no? Well, don't curse because it's television. But yeah, I won't yeah. curse. Okay, it's on television. I won't curse then. You kind of reach a point where you're like, F it. Uh, yeah. You're going to either make it or not. And, uh, and that when you have that edge, that's when you succeed, I think. You know? Right. You can get away with certain cuss words because of cnn but thank you uh and fox and what's coming on so we'll see what happens but let me go to this one question are you a fan of the jerky boys i i wasn't a huge fan but i know them yeah i never really I never watched. no but like they're they're tapes and stuff growing up i did i don't know i was uh, it's funny but at the end your jokes are different than that for sure and the so eric go ahead with your question because we're going to get to the legacy question because we could talk to her all day long well, so, so yeah, before we go, cause I, I do have a couple more, uh, joke questions, but, but one of the questions that's a little more serious that, that I really like. So, um, uh, Tim you know, would love some insights of how the relationship stayed solid over the decade between you and the guys, right. Especially with all the craziness. 
you know, I have to imagine there's been some conflict over the years. So the question would be, you know, would be interested to know how you guys have worked through, you know, and, and maintained that bond over, especially with 11 years of, of not making it, right? Yeah, uh, I think it started from when we were kids. We were, yeah. we've been best friends for 30 years, 30 years. The TV show has been on 10. So still the majority of our friendship has been long before television. You know what I mean? And that kind of history, I think bonds you with, with your best friends in a way, you know, the other thing that I think helps is that let's say you're a stand-up comedian and you hit it big and you become famous, right? And you're selling out arenas and things like that. And you have a TV show, you're on your own doing it. You know, right. you're traveling alone, you're on the road alone. Everything that's happening to us, we're going through it with our the three other guys that are closest to you in your life. So yeah. all the ups, all the downs, all the fights, all the makeups, all the, the amazing things happening, you're not experiencing it alone. We're not traveling alone. We're right. not having dinner alone on the road. We're not filming a TV show alone. I'm hanging out with my best friends. So you go through everything together as friends and it makes it, much easier to deal with. Uh, it makes success success much easier to deal with. It, 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 you keep each other grounded. You keep each mm -hmm. other, we, I'm saying you, we, we keep each other grounded, right, right. Each other, <clears throat> excuse me, in check. And it makes it very satisfying to be going through this with the three guys I would want to be going through this with. You know, it, it's yeah. uh, that. It, it's just the friendship goes long before you know was created long before the tv show and, and at this point we're too old to make new friends <laughs> all right eric we'll just let you go two more quick questions before our time's up okay so so uh man um i've got to ask so did you really have no idea that they were going to make you do skydiving and are you really that terrified of heights I had no idea. I had no idea, which is, uh, I, you can tell, I, I ran into the bathroom at that location, the, the place, and I locked myself in for a half hour. <laughs> they, cut, they wouldn't let, they, they, I wouldn't let them put it on TV, but I was crying in the bathroom. Yeah. And I FaceTimed my mother from the bathroom of the skydiving place. They die. Uh, and she sent me to voicemail. <laughs> so, cause she was out shopping in Macy's. So I had to send her a text saying, I love you. You know, if this goes wrong, I love you. And they did it to me again in the Joker's movie. They made me ride outside of an airplane while I was flying. Oh my God. Uh, fly out onto the wing and yeah. fly outside the plane. Okay, yeah. and then and then we've got a we got a legacy question, but I've got I've got one more for my buddy Manny, and that's what's the what's the and, and there may be many, right? But but what's the one joke that that didn't make it, right? That that just didn't make the air that it's like, nope, that's that's we it's, draw the line. I know the answer. It's it was written in the the very document that we used to sell the TV show in our, in our pitch, our treat, a treatment for the show, our pitch document. One of this one punishment we've always wanted to do, and none of us have the, the nerve to do it. Uh, the idea is uh, the loser has to go to church uh, and when uh, to a couple getting married. And when they say speak now or forever, hold your peace, he's got to stand up, uh, object to the wedding, go into detail why he objects, realize he's at the wrong wedding, apologize and leave and none of us have the nerve to do it and i think that'd be like a series finale of the show we'll do it you know that, yeah all right that's or or it, or it finishes the season and it hasn't quite gotten there right questions. thanks thank again thank eric couch's audience of fans on facebook for these amazing questions i i think this is great 
go, Eric, with your legacy question now, because I want to see what Murr, how Murr. Okay, so so Murr, one of the things that we always talk about is you know living a legacy, right? We all want to leave a legacy, but we're also living one. You're using your influence, and you use it every day in your books and in the way that you make people laugh, and that it, just like we talked about with with your uh, you know you're not alone, right? You've got your best friends, and you're so much stronger together. So my question would be, you know what? what's the legacy that you want to leave um, behind, you know, when, when it's also, and it doesn't have to be specifically TV. It could be family, it could be friends, it could be whatever. Um, but you know, what's your passion? What do you want your legacy to be? I, I think the goal for us is to make people's lives just a little bit better. Yeah. Right. I, I think that's what drives the four of us is that, when we're filming the TV show, we just think about making each other laugh, right? Because I, I, I know that these, these are the three funniest guys I've ever met in my life. And I, I know if ever, I do something that makes them laugh, I feel like it will make other people laugh too. So we're just yeah. focused on that goal. But the bigger impact is the letters we get from fans saying that uh, when they were in the hospital with whatever's going on in their life or their uh, – mother passed away or they're yeah. they broke up with, with the, something fell apart in their life or they lost their job and what helped them get through or they've been in quarantine for four months and what helps get them through it is laughing for a half hour and they watch these marathons of the show and it helps them forget to, to remember that there's good out there and if, if we just make people just that much happier in their lives i think that and we can make millions of people have that. We can impact millions of people yeah. uh, in that way. That That's it. That's legacy. I, I think that's the legacy. I think the biggest legacy too is all the kids that watch the show. Yeah. The kids. Yeah. I think it's like kids like from 10 years old to 20 years old. This is their favorite show. That's the legacy. That'll last long beyond our years. Yeah. You know? yeah. That's fantastic. Now, where can we purchase the books? Watch everything. Where's the best place to go? Uh, yeah. Obliteration, the brand new thriller. You'll love it. It's action-packed, page-turning. It's perfect summer beach reading. Uh, and you don't have to read, have read the other two books to understand it and love it. We catch you right up. To purchase Obliteration, go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere books are sold. And uh, you can also uh, pre-order Don't Move, uh, anywhere books are sold as well. All right, Mur, awesome, you're man. awesome. We're gonna have to have you on again, Mur, for another book or another promotion or something else. Just reach out to me, and I appreciate you coming. Would love to. Next episode, I'm bringing out the wrestling figures from the '80s. Oh, you you bring out the wrestling figures from the '80s, and then you also got to hit up. We're gonna we're gonna prank the headbangers. Absolutely, those <laughs> two. Look okay. for those both. The next episode. Okay, Sounds absolutely. Good. All right, Mur, take care. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks. All right, guys, that was the Neil Haley Show. Take care, everyone. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Hygienizer podcast. I'm excited to welcome the program, Ian Ornstein. Ian, what's up? How are you? And uh, we're ready to just uh, continue to talk about this product, but I'm going to just hit you up. I've talked to a lot of my friends and family. He said, there's no way this is poison-free. There's no way this hand sanitizer is poison-free. What Have you gotten those questions a lot so far since you launched the product? Oh, we get it all the time. But you know what? It doesn't matter what I say. Let's talk about what the FDA says. Let's talk about alcohol. First of all, alcohol 
with the COVID-19 and every single brew house was in the alcohol business, found out that they could not sell alcohol. So they said, hey, we got out the brew house. We'll make all the alcohol. So we got all the whiskey, the beer people. Everybody decided to make alcohol, which they always made alcohol, but they made it either in a liqueur, a whiskey, a vodka, a beer, whatever. And then they said, well, the pandemic, everybody needs alcohol sanitizers. So what they did is they took and made alcohol. But under their regulation and the license and everything, they had had absolutely a situation with absolutely being able to make non-consumable alcohol. And of course, in order to sell alcohol in the industrial grade, right. it has to be non-consumable. So what do you have to do? You have to put a poison in it to make it non-consumable. Oh, really? That's why? That's why. So everybody that says that their alcohol sanitizer is non-poisonous, well, we have an interesting problem. Because now they're under the laws of consumable alcohol and firearms and taxation. So they have to put a poison in it to make it non-consumable. Yes. It's not me saying it. It's the regulation saying it. Exactly. It's the regulation saying it, not you saying. It. So it's like, this is the deal. Live with it, right? Absolutely. So if they tell you that their alcohol sanitizer is non-poisonous, well, then it's consumable. All the, uh, that's so true. So basically the word poisonous free. Now, how many people have you talked to about the product so far? That's been very happy to know that this product, finally, there's a poisonous free hand sanitizer. Well, the fact is, so everybody has to make a poison in their product. It has to say, keep out of reach of children. So now you want to give a child poison. And you want to put it on every 10 seconds in order to kill any kind of bacteria or virus. Right. So that's, don't, don't have to take my word for it. It's absolutely the law. Wow. Okay. And so I think that somebody said the most revolutionary product that could come out is a hand sanitizer that's safe, especially when they expect hand sanitizers to be the most important thing for the next couple of years because of COVID-19. Do you agree with that? Well, I don't think it's just the factor of just because of COVID-19. I think it's the factor of the hygiene, personal hygiene. One of the interesting things is 
the FDA, in order to call something a sanitizer, says it has to have three active ingredients. One is isopropyl alcohol, ethanol, or benzochlorine, chlorium chloride, which is BZK or BKC. And that is it, period. No other question marks in the protocol. Wow. Now, BZK is not a new come actor that Ian has decided to come up with in his laboratory or whatever. It's been around since 1939. So it's yeah. got so much research done on it, so much data done on it, and it's a class three drug under FDA. Oh, my. So I am not working with technology that is not known out there. What I have done is I've been able to do it without the poisonous precursors to be able to get it to emulsify into water. How did you do that? A lot of work. I figured a way to take water with very hygienized, pure water with mineral-free water and being able to emulsify it into water. But the real actor now, let's go to the next actor. Everybody doesn't want something that is like water because if you put it on your hand, it will just wash right off. But with the hygienizer, I had to make it so it could just use one little drip. You can see my virtual drip on my hand. As you showed on the last episode too, yeah. The beauty of it is it's gelled. So be able to make it gel so you can use it. And you can see virtually how I just used it. I can give you a sample of it virtually so you can see. It's all virtual. You can all try it virtually. And, of course, you can order some at hygienizer.net. But the beauty of it is it's all dry. It's not poisonous. If I did that, the alcohol, I got poison now in my system. The other beauty about it is, too, is that it's hand and body so you can put it on your face you don't have to worry about it right and even on our heads so the fact of it is 99% of how people get sick is through the tactical factor of their hands and what do they do they put them on their face and what do the kids do they put the thumb in the mouth This is how serious this is. And it's only the other materials are only good for 10 seconds. So the bottom line of it is the residues left is the poisonous compounds. 
and they're putting it in their mouth. So how can you give a something? This is what I don't understand. Keep out of reach of children, but I'm going to put it all over your child. There is something really wrong with that picture. It doesn't take a rocket scientist, a chemist, a physicist, or anything to figure out. Why do I want to give something to a child that says keep out of reach of children? Exactly. So, all right. So the schools are going to love it. Everyone's going to love it. So they need to go where right now, Ian? Where to? At hygienizer.com. Net and then check out our social media and check out the podcast there that is launched and episode three coming soon with different people that have involved the product and we'll keep talking about it. Ian, okay, thank you. All right, guys, that was again the Hygienizer podcast. Take care. Celebrity slots. Free to play mobile social slot games in the likeness of your favorite celebrities. Making money. Spin to win celebrity experiences through sweepstakes. Free to download, free to play. Yeah, baby. What are you waiting for? Win meet and greets, celebrity merchandise, gift cards, and more. Download Celebrity Slots today. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Mike Velarde Show. I'm excited to welcome to Mike Velarde. Mike, what's going on, bro? And uh, you know what? It just keeps going crazier. I was talking to Rob Roselli, who, again, I want definitely for you to be a guest on your show. He's a conspiracist, but he's protected everything, just like you're at the point of, you know, it's this is soon the end. And everything Rob has said has been completely true. And you open up the doors in a way to give complete control to a mindset that probably all of America doesn't agree, but they're just clueless and they don't understand what truly is happening in America to it's too late. Well, let's be honest, Neil. First of all, I, I couldn't, I could hardly get gas the other day. I, after finding a station that had it, they were all out of regular. I had to pay $3.97 for premium. Uh, cost me $27 for lift level seven gallons of gasoline. Uh, so absolutely through the roof, no reason for it other than we have an incompetent president. Um, we're, we're seeing- It's crazy, yeah. No, we're, we're seeing it was uh, this guy, he sold us out to China. Um, they're benefiting. Barisma, his son is making money off of all these high costs and high gasoline prices. And uh, it, it's terrible, you can't, can't travel. I mean, you can't travel. Everybody, everybody is now stuck. We have, we have, we have a, we have a true gasoline shortage, which hopefully will be taken care of by the end of the weekend. But this never should have happened. Never. Never. So why did it happen? It happened because Joe Biden, first of all, decided to shut down the other pipeline that they were building, which is necessary. There's one pipeline, right? We have one way to get gas around the country. There's one pipeline, and they got hacked by a group of Russians and they paid the $5 million ransom, which of course is a mistake. Um, but they did it because they wanted to get back online. And now it's still gonna take time for gasoline to get distributed to all these gas stations that have been completely closed down and completely out of fuel. 
absolutely crazy. And so the why is a pipeline so important? Well, because if you don't have the ability to get gasoline around, it's the quickest, most efficient way to move it from one place to another, through a pipeline. Otherwise, you either need have to go through rail or trucks. Yeah, and that's I just I don't get it. That that's the don't get part, Mike. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the point that why would he allow something like this and having gas shortages when we had a surplus of gasoline last year? Right, exactly. I, I, I think people, I mean, hopefully people wake up and they find out, number one, I don't believe he's a legitimate president. I just read a Newsmax article that said they found that uh, that Trump actually won Arizona by a million votes. Um, it doesn't make sense, especially in the state of Pennsylvania, when he said he was going to get rid of fracking. Uh, and he was up six over 600,000 votes the night on election night that Trump would lose. It doesn't make any sense to me. Except for one thing, um, and that is all the Gettysburg veterans that died in the Civil War. They got up out of their graves and voted for Biden. And I think that was... That's very powerful. That was a miracle. It really was. Yeah. He got all the dead vote. And that, uh, there's, there's more dead people than people that are alive. And that, that turned the tide for him. You know, but what are we going to do? There's nothing we could do. We're living a nightmare. I mean, we really are. I mean, now there's the peace in the Mideast is gone. They're using American money to, to, to fund these, these missiles because Joe Biden gave the Palestinians $200 million. Where do you think they're getting the money for these, these rockets that they're launching at Israel? <laughs> well, inflation's going through the roof. There's you know, jobs are not there. Become a nightmare in a matter of six months. Yeah, a complete nightmare. And the reason it's a nightmare is because we don't know where we're going. I mean, honestly, you got to say that President Obama has done a better job as president than President Biden already. I mean, President Biden's incompetent. I mean, how else do you say it? The guy can't put together three words. I mean... I mean, I mean, listen, 2008, the apex of his political career, he gets out there and he says, what America needs is a three-letter word, jobs, J-O-B-S, jobs, a three-letter word. If you can't catch on that there's four letters in the word jobs the second time around, you're not too bright. You're too, totally not too bright. You, you hit the nail on the head, for sure. So... Where do we where where do we go from here? You know, I I don't know. I mean, I think I think when they expose at Arizona that Trump really won, they're going to have to look at those other states. They're going to have to. I mean, you know, the liberal media keeps talking about you know that uh, that Trump never really won. Blah, blah, blah. Why don't you do audits in all these states? Then why don't we have audits? Bring in the military, somebody to do um, in in a non political audit and determine who the real winner is. The reason they won't do that is because they know they didn't win. And, and it's easy to say, prove it. And then you run into all these Obama judges and you can't get any place. Or you get somebody like John Roberts yelling at everybody else saying, we can't let this happen because Black Lives Matter will be, kill people on the streets. And they walk in fear instead of doing what's right. And righteousness just walked out the door. 110%, 100%, you're right. So now 
I guess the midterms, as we talked about before, such an important thing. What are you hearing from Republicans now? The, the, not, the, not the politicians, the Republic, other Republicans, people that are just the average everyday Joes and, and Marys. What are they, how are they strategizing to make these, to hopefully get to the polls in two years and change this? Well, it's not a matter of getting to the polls to change it. If Trump actually won the election and, and lost because of the chicanery, then how are we ever going to win an election? How are you ever going to win an election? I mean, the, the Democrats are putting forward a bill that does only one thing, and that's to keep Democrats in power forever by allowing wow. ballot harvesting, by allowing everything illegal to vote, no voter ID. Anytime you need more votes, you just, you just register dead people, let them vote. New York, perfect example, my friend Tom. He exactly. shows up at the polls to vote for President, for President Trump, and he noticed his father had voted before him. He said to the, the, the poll worker, that's not my father's signature. He says, don't worry, he was here, he voted. He says, really, that's amazing, because he died five years ago. Oh, my goodness. It's crazy. They have all this evidence on, on, on Hunter Biden's laptop, and they won't look at it. You know what Merlin Garland said was the number one biggest threat to the United States? What? I'm going to give you three guesses. Go ahead. What do you think he said? The biggest threat to the United States yeah. is, I don't, I guess China? No. Nope. Go, go, go next. Try again. COVID 19? Nope. Um, uh, liberals? No. He said the Proud Boys and white supremacists. Really? Okay. Now, how twisted is that? Right. Okay. That's crazy. That's crazy. Right. Totally they're, they're not because they're, they're non-existent. Exactly, they're non-existent. They call and they call they call Black Lives Matter peaceful protesters. But what happened on January sixth? CNN keeps playing January sixth over and over again. But nobody tells you it was a psyop by Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats, so that they could, so that they could. Uh, they, they, they could make sure that uh, Mike Pence didn't do anything, right, you know, that would, that would give Trump the victory. Exactly. So what? So, so we're, we're living in, in the twilight zone right now. That's what we're doing. We're living in the twilight zone. Wrong now, is let's, right. let's talk about now, guess what? Take our masks off. We don't need them anymore for vaccinated. So right. what, how's that going to make people that don't want to get vaccinated? I'm never getting vaccinated. Right, so, me either. So what's that going to What's going to mean if I'm at a grocery store and I have to show my papers. Let me tell you that what's going to happen. Let me tell you something. You're talking about a pandemic where 99.6% of the people survive. Okay. 99.6% of the people survive. Right. Um, I mean, the flu kills more people, except for last year, the flu killed nobody. It's a joke. They so want how has the flu killed nobody? And and now it so so what happened to the flu? This goes back to my book, The Time of Is Coming, the final chapter, right? We are in a war, good versus evil. Satan is getting ready to come in the form of the Antichrist. All right. And what does he need? He needs a system where no one will be able to buy or sell without the mark of the beast. You know, I know people that got this shot. Why? Because their employer wouldn't let them work if they didn't. 
So they made a choice and they decided to get the shot so they could work. They chose, they chose employment over, right? <laughs> over their own health. Now, Dr. Exactly. Sherry told me on the phone earlier today when I was speaking to her that the way this was designed, that whoever gets the flu shot in the fall, they're going to have a compromised immune system and they'll probably either end up in the hospital or dead. So a massive amount of people are going to die this fall because they got this vaccination. So if you combine this vaccination with the flu shot, you're done. Yeah. You, sealed, you, sealed your, you sealed your fate. But so what do you think about, so in Florida, but then that's going to be people that are going to say, I'm vaccinated now. I'm just not wearing your mask. How can you tell who's the one that's been vaccinated and not vaccinated? You can't. Except you're going to put the pressure on that those people that aren't vaccinated, that they better get vaccinated or else you're never going to be able to, you're always going to have to wear a mask in front of people you're that don't wear you, a mask. Listen, they give you a card, okay? They give you a card that says you're vaccinated. All right, the bottom line is, it's just a way to get more people to take this, 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 this gene therapy, which will kill you down the road. That's all it is. And the truth of the matter is, um, it, 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 it was, it's a master plan to, to make people submit. They use fear. That's all it is. It's fear mongering. That's all this is fear mongering. I agree. Okay. So that's, so that's that. So what do you recommend? So these are all recommendations. If this is the lines are drawn, what do you do now? If the lines well, are drawn, right. what, what, what's in your book now saying the lines are drawn as a journalist, well, I'm telling you, I'm not giving you an opinion. If I was interviewing the other side, I'd have the same thing, but you know, I'll get those points guys. Why are you talking that way? And I'll say, well, you know what? Oh, well, uh, I'm having this conversation because I am not going to be as overt about what's happening, but it really is becoming where never the other side can ever be president, ever hold a form of government. You are going to dramatically change the world. And you're saying this is what, what's going to happen next with, I mean, with specifically enough, uh, how, how did your book show when this happened in the book? What, what was the next step? Well, you know, the next step I think is the rapture is coming. That's what's happening. That's what's going to happen. And I wouldn't be the, the, and the time frame for that would be the fall. I actually thought that that Trump would win again, and he did win again. I mean, he won. He won. He won as far as votes are concerned, um, and that we were going to have four years of of revival, where you know people got saved and and righteousness was restored to the land. Um, and Joe, Joe Biden just came in and he's destroying the place so quick that unless there's a miracle from heaven, um, I think that we will see the rapture in the fall if, if, if things don't turn around because people are taking the, the vaccination like lemmings. They believe Dr. Fauci, they believe it's, you know, they're going to protect themselves from this virus that kills less than one half of 1% of the people that get it. Okay, okay. so um, we need a revival. People need to know Jesus is their Lord and Savior. They need to understand that Christ died on the cross for them and that it's his mercy and his grace and that he'll protect you from, <coughs> from the disease. 
You know, Psalm 91 says it clearly. Um, you know, when you read that Psalm, that, that when you're in him, when you have a relationship with God, you know, his favor is upon you. Uh, most people are religious and they don't understand the difference between religion and relationship, you know? So, so people need to understand that God does have a plan. There's going to be from the time of the rapture, there's 10 and a half years before the kingdom of God comes on this earth, which will last a thousand years. Um, so we're, we're in the end times. This is all part of end time prophecy. Uh, this is their way of working their way into the mark of the beast. Nobody will be able to buy or sell without the mark of the beast. It's found in Revelation 13. Um, and this is a segue to it because what they, what they want to do is they want to give you a vaccine card, right? Show that you're vaccinated. That goes into a record. Everyone knows now Now they actually put the, the chip material into, into the vaccine. And before you know it, you have it in you and you can't get it out of you. We're in trouble. All right. Okay. So what we'll see. All right. So all these things are happening. Mike, you got to go get your book. Yep. Mike <laughs> but you're a busy man with winning tax solutions. You're a busy yeah. man. They got to go get your book. You got to yeah. purchase your book. So what happens? So basically you have revelation happening in the United States during this time. And will revelation take place completely in the next couple of years? Then that's what you're saying. Yeah, I, I, I'm saying we're, we, we're, we're there. I mean, the events are happening, uh, back it up. And the Bible tells us that Satan will deceive the entire world. I'm shocked at some of the people that I know that have received this vaccine. I mean, absolutely shocked. Well, you got to also listen to my colleague, Dr. Mark Hayden, who has a show called COVID-19 Vaccine Show. And basically, we, we, we break it down and predicted all this stuff to happen. And he has an oral vaccine that you ingest. And he says, if you get COVID, your immunity, your chances of getting COVID-19 again are very slim. Right. And you're, it's not going to be as strong. Right. And that all they need to do is take an oral vaccine and this pandemic's done. Instead, yeah. people are celebrating when how many percent are taking the vaccine right now? What percentage? Over 60% of, of the U.S. population has received at least one shot. Oh, wow. 60. Oh, yeah. good. I'm, I'm part of the, I want to be part of the 10%, Mike. So I'll be the part of the 10% of wealth someday. And I'll also be part of the 10% doesn't take the shot. So, right. but they're going to really force it on people. So we'll see. But so it's, it, it's time is this coming. Everyone needs to read it. Then check that out. And then winningtaxsolutions.com because guess what? This 2020 taxes are due soon. And by the stairs, probably it's over. And I'm okay. As Mike tells me, if you don't owe the government anybody, you're okay. Wow. I love it. <laughs> That's a good thing. But uh, winningtaxsolutions.com helps you get out of these tax problems, right? You just help the guy. Tell us about that. Yeah, no, no. Listen, I do a phenomenal job. I, I just I just settled one case. The guy owed over 36000 We settled for $2,600. Um, so, so we do good work. We have a lot of success stories, um, which is, which is great. And when, when president Biden gets the extra $80 billion to double the size of the IRS, I should get pretty busy. Okay. Well, uh, I appreciate it, Mike. And we'll talk next week. Okay. Okay. Great Neil. We'll have all a right, guest that, on all next right, week. That was the Mike okay? Blardy show. Take care guys. Okay.